Hey everybody and welcome back to the Morning Moxie Show. I'm Alyssa Sharp, your host. Today we have Bill Johnson on the show and this is a really powerful message. And he's talking about proving the will of God in your life. And I love what he talks about, how we get to compare our lives. Like, for example, if somebody gives you a dream or a word or whatever, we compare it to the word of God. We really get to know the word of God. We get to know God. We get to study God. We study his ways, his, what he does in the scriptures, what Jesus does. And we compare what people are telling us or what we're learning to that scripture. And we decide, we prove that will of God in our lives. We say, no, what they're saying to me is not true. And we cast it out. And we hold, we take hold of the truth of God's word in our lives. It's so important for us to know. And I, I think we've spoken about this earlier this week. It's so important for us to know the word of God for our lives. So that when the devil comes with his false claims, with with accusing words to our lives, we've got to cast them down. We've got to stop listening to him. We've got to stop listening to things that are contrary to the word of God for our lives. Let's take hold of the word of God. Let's really study his scriptures. Let's get to know the character of who God is. And as we do that, we will see our lives line up more and more with him. We'll see the joy. We'll see the fruit of the spirit really come to fruition in our life. Here's Bill. But the word here, to prove, is, is, a, is a very interesting word. It actually is a word, some of your translations have it, means to approve, approve the will of God. It doesn't mean that somehow you and I are the ones who give approval for what God's doing on the earth. It doesn't mean that at all. But l- let me illustrate it this way. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When there's a verse like this that is so familiar, the temptation for me, if I'm sitting where you are, is I know it by heart, so I don't need to look at it. But I will often go the extra mile because I want to be re-exposed to what I might be overly familiar with. Sometimes intentionally looking it up in a different translation. I want it to rattle my, my thinking so I don't get stuck stuck in my, in my thinking. So here he says, don't be conformed to this world, be transformed. My, I think maybe my favorite illustration of this word transformed is found in Luke chapter nine, where Jesus takes a few of the guys and they go up on a mountain and he, the Bible says he is transfigured before them. Imagine going to a prayer meeting and you're dozing off. It's a long prayer meeting. It's one of them all-nighters. Jesus loves these all-nighters. And all of a sudden, Jesus turns into this transformed person. It says that he looked other. Looks, he looks different. But not only that, it says his clothing is as lightning. So you're sitting here dozing off. All of a sudden, Jesus is dressed in lightning. How many think it might wake you up from a boring prayer meeting? That's what happened to the guys right here, is, is they, they are in this moment where suddenly they see, and that's why they're so inspired to build tabernacles, you know, for Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. It's this moment where they are electrified, literally, by what they are seeing. Jesus clothed in lightning. 
That word transfigured, where Jesus is transfigured, is this word here, transformed. It's just an idea, but it's my personal conviction. The, The renewed mind looks like Jesus dressed in lightning in the spirit world and the unseen world. The renewed mind is so unique and so distinct. It's not passive, it's not subtle. It is brilliant as it illustrates the heart and the mind of God for planet Earth. He still has a plan for this planet. And you're a part of it. So here it is. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove the will of God, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. What is the will of God? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Say it with me. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Say it again. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does the renewed mind do? It proves the will of God, heaven on earth. That's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. The renewed mind. See, some of what we think is going to come at the return of Christ is supposed to come in the renewed mind of Christ. The transformation of a person's life is no greater than the transformation of their mind. It's the reason the word repent means to change the way you think. He's targeting not just merely the discipline of right thoughts, which has value. He's talking about living from the perception of reality that is greater than everything you can see, which is inferior. This world... Paul teaches in Romans, this world, everything you can see is temporal. What you can't see is eternal. Faith functions out of the eternal towards the temporal, towards that which is the greater reality towards the inferior reality. The renewed mind lives conscious of that. Now, this word here says uh, that you may prove the will of God that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. I, I remember growing up, I would hear people teach on the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. There was a perfect, there was a good, and there was an acceptable will. No, no, those are three terms for the same thing. Don't, 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 don't try to skim by. I'm gonna do the acceptable will of God. It's just permissible. No, slap yourself, that's stupid. But the word here, to prove, is, is, a, is a very interesting word. It actually is a word, some of your translations have it, means to approve, approve the will of God. It doesn't mean that somehow you and I are the ones who give approval for what God's doing on the earth. It doesn't mean that at all. But let, let me illustrate it this way. <clears throat> Let's say that you just received an inheritance of a great estate in Europe somewhere. This should make you happy. Start fantasizing with me here. 
You just received notice that you've just inherited this vast estate. Amen. Big castle, lots of acreage, lots of animals for hunting on my estate. On yours, it's just a zoo. It's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm not offended. I'm not offended. So we hear the news and we arrange to fly and we fly back um, and uh, we, we come to the estate and the people in charge take us and they show us what belongs to us. We stay there for, you know, several weeks just kind of processing what's ours and scouring over the grounds and what's in the castle. And You go up into this attic area and, and you see that there's a lot of stuff there that's been stored and you look over in the corner and here's about six to eight uh, different pieces of art, paintings. And you start peeling through them and, and one stands out to you just so noticeably. And you look down in the corner and there's this signature that says Van Gogh. And you don't know if this is a copy, counterfeit. You don't know if it's real. You don't know. You, just, you look at this or you pull it out and you think, man, I need to find out if this is, if this is the real deal. And so you call me. Because in this story, I'm the Van Gogh expert. When you tell the story, you can be whoever you want, but I am the Van Gogh expert. So you call me and you tell me, I've just inherited this estate, found a bunch of paintings, some may have value, I'm not sure, but there's one that has the signature Van Gogh on the lower right-hand corner of that painting. And then I say, well, what... what uh, uh, what does it look like? So he described the painting. So, you know, I, there's, there's no record of a Van Gogh painting uh, with that subject in it. And so tell me more. And, and finally, we arranged to have a meeting. And you bring to my uh, uh, studio where uh, there's great safety and protection for all the art that's there. And, and I take four weeks and I study. I've studied every brushstroke of Van Gogh, every known painting. I've studied the medium. I've studied the oils that he used, the colors he would use, the subject matter. I know his life backwards and forward. I'm really fluffing myself up in this one. I, I, I know, I'm feeling so good about myself in this moment. I'm, I'm going to go buy an art book when we're done. No. So I, but I've studied literally every brush stroke, every, every bit of his personality that was displayed in every one of his paintings. I do the carbon tests on the canvas, on the paint, everything. And I call you to my studio and I say, this is what I've done for the last four weeks. And I am 100% certain this is an authentic Van Gogh painting. One that nobody knew existed. Suddenly, the piece of art that might be worth $100 is now worth in excess of $100 million. Yeah. Yeah. What happened? After thorough examination, I approved. I Romans 12 did. Let's say that you get a, a report from the doctor and you've got something going on. That's just not good, not, got, not good news, not a good report. And a really uh, good a friend of yours, a strong, pure living, passionate lover of Jesus calls you one day and says, hey, I had a dream last night. Jesus came to me in the dream and he told me to tell you, 
He's given you this affliction for a brief season. He will then heal you and it will be glorious. Two weeks later, you get another dream from a friend who calls you and they say, I had a dream last night. Jesus came to me in the dream and he told me to tell you, this disease is not from him and he will set you free. What just happened? You were given two pieces of art, both with Van Gogh written on the bottom, but they're not both authentic paintings. So what you do is you go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you examine every brushstroke. Every brushstroke. And without rejecting the individual that had the contrary dream, without shaming or spitefully uh, speaking to them, we embrace one and we put down the other. And we say, after thorough examination by the word of God and the spirit of God who lives in me, I would like to declare, I approve. This is the will of God. This is the authentic painting. That's what it means. That was Bill Johnson, and you can find it on YouTube if you search under Proving the Will of God, Bill Johnson Sermon Clip, Bethel Church. You can find out more information about Bill Johnson at his website, bjm.org. And again, I encourage you to check out his books, his other teachings, and so many different resources that he has, because I love the deep, the depth of how he teaches, and just the things that he really extracts from the Word of God is so powerful. Have a great day, and remember to please go live your dream life more than you can imagine. God bless.